live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Pots, Pans, and Pat on the Clear Lake Radio, a part of the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. This is a food show where nothing is off the table. For me, growing up, the kitchen table was always the heart of our home. It was where the best conversations with friends and family happened and was just always where love truly happened in our family. So thank you for pulling up a chair today and joining me around this table so that we can have a good time talking about uh, food and just what's going on in the world of food today, especially with all the craziness going on in our world today because of this coronavirus. My name is Pat Mayberry. I am your host and the executive chef at Southern Elegance Catering. And today I am excited to welcome back to the Pots, Pans, and Pat microphone my friend, the tea mistress, Miss Amanda Vermillion. Thanks for pulling up a chair and joining me today. It welcome. is great to be here. You know, we, we had originally planned to do this uh, <laughs> earlier in the year during uh, January when cold and flu season was supposedly at its peak and sure enough the flu got a hold of you <laughs> yeah it wasn't the flu but it, it was a uh, sinus infection from allergies that turned into well turned into a sinus infection and bronchitis so it was ironic that I was supposed to talk about tea and health and I got my <laughs> you know the first time that whole year I'd gotten sick <laughs> right before you know but now we've got something so much more dangerous going on uh in the world and it's something that we we as a community do need to be mindful of and do need to be aware of that we take precautions to take care of each other as well as ourselves but i'm really excited about a couple of things today you know tea is a misunderstood thing, especially for those of us who live in Texas and have been born and raised here in Texas. It's just something you pour over ice most of the year. So while for most of us, coffee seems to be the go-go drink that we go looking for when we're thinking about a hot beverage, the world actually runs on tea once you leave our borders here. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from water, tea is the most popular beverage in the world and in the united states alone tea imports have risen over 400 percent since 1990 what what do you think is driving that amanda well i think a lot of people are um a lot of it has to do with just our more global culture now we have youtube we have a foodie movement you know tv shows people um moving immigrating all over the world traveling all over the world and people are learning about different cultures including tea drinking cultures and they are you know bringing those traditions back here with them um also some people are moving away from coffee or sodas uh sorry what do they call it here cokes and uh <laughs> yeah everything's a coke exactly. you just need to know what kind of coke you want right and they're they've heard that tea is healthy so they're trying to learn a little more about tea and start drinking it you know china is still the world's number one producer of tea producing two and a half billion tons a year of this particular product and india who is second is a distant 1.3 billion tons behind uh as far as production tea was the first thing used was well originally it was used as a medicinal drink Mm -hmm. uh in so many cultures with records dating back as early as the third 
century. So for all of you who are looking for more natural things to put in your body, this is a great show, and I hope I ask the right questions that you need me to ask because we've got an amazing lady here who can talk about this. Uh, you know, the, the, the virus that's out there right now. Uh, let's start with what I consider a little bit of a success story. You did one open-air market uh, this weekend, and you actually had lines of people waiting to, uh, to get in. Well, the lines were not at my booth, but uh, I did uh, do the, uh, I'm a vendor at the Nassau Bay Farmer's Market uh, here in the Clear Lake area, Nassau Bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, op- the open air market, I've been there since November. The market's been going on for over 15 years, I believe, 20 years. And uh, they did for the first time ever. There was a line of people waiting outside the market to come in. And the lines that, the booths that had the biggest lines were the produce vendors and right. the meat, the, or the grass-fed meat organic meat vendors they a lot of them had done pickup orders ahead of time that they sold so people were waiting in line for probably the first hour and a half two hours Mm -hmm. to pick up their orders now i never had a line at my booth but i did have people come by and purchase and talk to me so it was it was a very busy day at the market and we took a lot of precautions that the uh, board of health locally had met with the owner of the market Uh, we had gloves on Uh, nobody was allowed to touch anything in our booths except us uh clorox wipes uh, hand sanitizer uh, there was a police officer there making sure nobody was stealing toilet paper from the store bathrooms, which apparently had been an issue during the week because of wow. the great toilet paper shortage of <laughs> 2020. But uh, so, yeah, we were we were being very careful. That's, that I'm glad to hear a success story like that, because, you know, I, I was watching the news the other day and on our local ABC channel, Channel 13, there was a, a piece that went up that said our hotel chains are already suffering, seeing about a 50% drop in occupancy. Our hotels or our restaurants are already being hurt by this, seeing about a 30% drop uh, in, in clients coming through. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that the people got out to support some local vendors because the small mom and pops we don't have those kind of cash reserves like Landry's does mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't mean to single out Landry's but most of these big mega chains they've got some cash reserves that the the small one shop two shop uh, places just can't weather a storm that's going to last exactly. for months they have access to business loans too you know based on good credit some of us smaller businesses you know not even if we have good credit as individuals you know it's hard to get a business loan when you're a small business you know last week i made a plea to to some of my facebook people to to go out there and remember to support your local restaurants and you tagged in with an idea that someone had shared with you Mm -hmm. about gift certificates tell us what that idea was. Oh, well, I had just seen on another similar Facebook thread that somebody had mentioned, you know, by supporting a local business by going online and buying a gift certificate or going in and buying a gift card because at least that way there's some money coming into that business. Yes. You can use that gift card at a later date, you know, when 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 uh, all this blows over and uh Right. You know, one of the thing I had someone uh tell me the other day, I, I there's no way I'd go in a restaurant right now. And I said the restaurant may be one of the safest public places for you to go for the simple fact that 
the kitchen is constantly in sanitation mode with a bleach solution to wipe down common surfaces so we don't have cross-contamination with the food. But those same bleach solutions are the bleach solutions they're using to wipe down tables after a guest leaves, after you know wiping down chairs. So actually, while unless you do stay home with your windows closed and your doors locked and your AC off, uh, there's no way to truly escape this. By supporting a, a local restaurant, and, I, and I'm talking restaurants, we're going to get to tea in just a second, I promise. Because I know you're deeply involved with a couple of Facebook pages, the Positively Pearland, Galveston, and Clear Lake uh, Facebook pages, which really... The foodie groups, yes. Yes. Uh, you really highlight local restaurants here, and especially the mom and pops who are in such dire need because they don't have those massive advertising budgets. They count on word of mouth. So, you know, guys, please remember... Those, those restaurants, in many cases, have been there for generations in a family. But a hiccup like this could devastate them. And if that's the case, all you're going to have are McDonald's to go eat at because they can, they can weather a storm like this. So let's get to tea. Let's get to why we're supposed to be here today. Now, my, my first question, I'm going to tie it back to the, to the COVID-19 thing. China, as we talked about earlier, the number one producer of tea in the world. And we've no, we know that this COVID virus has come out of China. In your opinion, what are the supplies? Are they safe? This question has actually been coming up a lot in the, uh, the tea community because uh, some consumers are concerned. But uh, my short answer is that there's, I don't think there's any more risk from tea than there would be from anything else. And I'll tell you why. That's for a few different reasons. Number one, the first thing to be aware of is the growing season of tea. So right now, like this week, the tea uh, for 2020 is about to be picked in China. And from what I understand from some of my tea farmer friends on Facebook who live in China, that um, there's going to be very strict testing of the tea pickers uh, to make sure everybody's healthy. So what that means is that the tea from China that is being enjoyed in the U.S. right now or imported here or is already here, that's from last year's harvest. That would have already been picked. It would have been done by probably November at the latest, you know, so it's already been packaged. So if you're worried about any tea being contaminated inside the package from last year highly highly unlikely um also the uh the uh what was i gonna say also so uh, as far as shipping so my understanding is that the fastest uh shipping from china would is generally deliveries about three to five days the coronavirus uh from a new report that just came out about a day ago it it can live on cardboard for maybe up to Wait, I wrote this down so I don't get it wrong. A new story from the New England Journal of Medicine says that the virus can survive on a hard surface such as plastic or stainless steel for up to 72 hours and cardboard for up to 24 hours. So what that tells me is even if a package got here from China in three days, Mm -hmm. which is highly unlikely because everything's delayed. I mean, shipping's delayed all over the world. You know, is it going to survive on cardboard that long? No. Is If it's a plastic package, I mean, possibly. That's really, really like a small. And then again, how many of us are ordering tea directly from China? to our homes nobody's really doing that if right. you're drinking it's Chinese go, tea it's got to go through yeah. the distribution it's gone through process a wholesaler once it a distributor here. all the Chinese tea that I have in stock right now I ordered and got shipped you know probably a few months ago you know from a wholesaler in the USA or from a wholesaler in Canada so mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. you know it's not any different than going to the store and picking up a you know a, a, a 
frying pan that was made in China last year. You know, it's 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 not, in my opinion, there's there's no risk from from the packaging or from the tea. Now, we've talked before about what temperature we should steep tea at. What is what is your recommendation for the proper water temperature to steep tea? Sure. Now, if you're if you're worried about germs, I would say use boiling water. Some people are super okay. paranoid about that sort of thing. Now, if you're going for flavor, um, generally your black tea you can do it anywhere from like 200 to 212 is boiling, right? So anywhere from like 200 to boiling for your black tea for your herbs too. Now, if you're doing like a green tea or an oolong tea or a white tea, those have some delicate flavors that really. You know, you can still use boiling water on them, but to really get the maximum enjoyment and pick up some of the really subtle flavors, especially in the green tea, you want to use a cooler water, mm-hmm. maybe like 175, your oolong maybe around 185, uh, your white tea a little cooler, your matcha, you might want to do that like 165, 175, and you can play around with that at home, you know, try try your water at different temperatures. Um, a great thing to get is a, a multi-temperature electric kettle. I have one that I got, mine is just now, the lid is messed up on it, and I've had it six years uh, it's a Cuisinart, but there are some other companies that make them too, Zojiruchi out of Japan and a few others. So definitely if you're going to turn into a tea snob, I would definitely recommend one of those multi-temperature kettles. But but again, that temperature, water temperature is enough that it should kill just about any germ that might might have survived. I would think just, so. Just I would think case. even at 165, I don't think anything would really live in that. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say tea is okay to drink. So um, now looking at health concerns there are so many people out there that are looking for potential ways to strengthen their immune system tea and science has backed this up has been put in that superfood category what are some of the things that are in tea that are putting it in that superfood category well, it's interesting. Actually, I'm personally not a huge fan of the word superfood. I don't use it. I don't call it that. There's actually not a scientific definition of the word superfood. It's not a scientific term. It's more of like a marketing term or maybe a pop culture term that you know people in the food, especially the natural food industry, use. Um, that said, does tea have health benefits and nutritional properties? Yes, it does. It has been studied, and there has been a lot of research that has been done on that. Um, there's a great quote from the Book of Tea, which was a Japanese uh, book that was published like probably around the 8th or 9th century AD. The quote is, tea began as a medicine and grew into a beverage. And uh, one reason for that is it was one of probably many medicinal herbs, medicinal herbs being mm-hmm. used in Asia, China, Japan. And they noticed it also tasted good. Like some medicinal herbs do not taste great. Just off the top of my head, valerian root, for example. Right. Great for helping you sleep, nasty flavor. So tea, you know, tea is great for that reason because... When you enjoy the flavor of something, you're more likely to drink it. And that, you right, know, if it's something right. healthy, that's great, you know? I remember my wife was going through some health issues a few years ago. And the the doctor that she was seeing gave her a bag of what we called roots. <laughs> <laughs> roots roots, and twigs. And it, it smelled horrible. It tasted horrible. She had to really, really work to try to get just a small amount of that down. Because it wasn't appetizing. And, yeah. and I walk into the house and there's tea brewing and it is this beautiful <laughs> smell uh, that's there. So, yeah, it's wonderful. It really now, is. Now, in the U.S., we're kind of coming to the end of the quote-unquote traditional cold and flu season. But now we're dealing with yellow stuff all over our, all over our cars and allergies and what. For those that are maybe having some issues with 
maybe a little tickle in their throat or mm-hmm. something like that. What are some recommendations that are good relief teas for something like that? Because right now, if anybody cough, coughs in public, paranoia is setting in. Yeah, that's true. Even and- even though it most likely has nothing to do with the flu or the coronavirus. It's allergies right here in Houston right now. The oak pollen is really bad right now. Oh, yeah. All over my car in the morning. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm waking up, and and my car is orange, but it looks yellow. It's got this beautiful yellow dust all over it. (laughs) Very pretty. So what are some some good things for for especially our, our throats because we may have some sinus drainage going on? Sure, absolutely. And uh, as a matter of fact, I do carry a throat, a tea called Go for the Throat. That's an herbal herbal blend, you know, not not with the actual tea plant, but different herbs that are that are uh, mm-hmm. known for being sort of throat soothing and throat support. We also have a seasonal allergy relief uh, organic herbal tea, and it's got uh, the ingredients in it are nettle leaf, fennel seed, lemongrass, spearmint, bee pollen, calendula, peppermint and red clover blossoms and also some blue vervain and uh just you know i don't want to be here all day talking about each one of those herbs but nettle is really well known for treating uh, allergic reactions especially um sinus like rhinitis which is the sneezing um relieving symptoms of watery eyes runny mm-hmm. nose that type of thing peppermint has a very very strong volatile oils i think we all know that really strong smell of peppermint right that's great as a decongestant and um, there are some other substances in the peppermint that are anti-inflammatory, which is uh, really, really good for when your sinuses are all inflamed and right, stuff like right. that in your nasal passages and your calendula, which is in the marigold family. Now, this is interesting. It's also in the ragweed family. So some people may be allergic to it. But if you're not, it's actually very, very soothing uh, to the skin. And it's in a lot of like topical creams, like for natural anti-eczema creams and things like that. There's also a linoleic acid in it that's an anti-inflammatory. So again, good for for that sort of thing. Red clover, um, the part of the plant that's used medicinally, in this case is the flowers of the clover plant, the red clover. Um, That is a plant that was actually brought here from Europe by the um, colonists when they first came to settle Wow. Um, the the colonies, they, it was a plant that they, that along with dandelion, that was so important to them medicinally that now we think of the, both of those things as weeds, but they were brought here for very specific medicinal purposes, and they're still used in Europe. So the red clover um, is supposed to be very good for lung problems, traditionally cough, bronchitis, or asthma. And keep that in mind, you know, I guess if coronavirus comes and sweeps through too, it may help. It, you know, I don't want to like go out. I don't want to like, I'm not a doctor or medical professional, just putting that out there, but that may help relieve some uncomfortable symptoms yes um, blue vervain which is also same family as lemon verbena that's a folk remedy which is supposed to be uh, helpful for chest congestion colds and bronchitis also sore throats um, lemongrass right we we know that from thai cooking for example or mm-hmm. vietnamese mm-hmm. cooking um, it also makes a great tea it's got a delicious flavor and uh, there was a study done in 2011 um, on the calming effects of lemongrass and also for pain relief um this is a very long word, anti-nociceptive, and that means that it blocks pain sensors. Very interesting, right? Nice. Fascinating. Especially for those that are dealing with some chronic pain issues. Exactly. Uh, you know, with the, the opioid crisis and everything that we've been through, again, something on a more natural uh basis that will do you some good. Natural and easy to get. I just had dental surgery, and it's hard to even get 
you know, a, nar- a, a Narcon or whatever, not, right. nor, not Narcan, what am I saying, Norco, to even get like a hydrocodone or a Norco, they can't even prescribe it anymore. So it's good to at least know about some of these alternatives. Yes, so. yes. Now, I want to talk about a little bit of a success story for you. Uh, personally, I know as a tea vendor, you're always looking for opportunities to get your product out there. And uh, one of our fellow Clear Lake Today uh, members, Java Owl, has picked up several of your products. Tell us, how did that happen and what are they carrying? Yeah, it is very exciting, actually. So I had a, a customer come up to me at the Nassau Bay Farmer's Market, and they said, you know, there's this new place called Java Owl Coffee House on Upper Bay Road in Nassau Bay, and uh, they're looking for some local teas. They like to support local businesses. And I said, great, thank you. And then a few days later, my next-door neighbor mentioned it, too. And I thought, well, this is two people mentioning that. I should go over and talk to the owner. So I walked in. He said, oh, I've been waiting for you. So I guess somebody had told me about him. That was nice. So I uh, gave him some different samples of some of the things I had. He told me what he needed and what he thought he might you know, need, need for the store and uh, for the, the coffee shop, I mean. And uh, we are supplying them right now with four of our teas that are being served on the menu they're not being sold packaged they're being served you know right. if you go in and order a tea at the counter so they have the uh the peach oolong the organic turmeric chai the lavender berry rooibos and also my own blend blue lagoon which um, is a color changing herbal tea it has a coconut lemongrass flavor and also has blue pea flower in it mm. this is a beautiful dried uh, flower plant from thailand uh, Vietnam, and I believe it grows in parts of India. That when you steep it in water, it's a beautiful, beautiful blue color. Like it, it almost looks like it might be Windex, and people are kind of freaked out. But it's completely <laughs> natural. It's just a flower, you know. Right, right. And when you add something acidic like a, a lemon or lime, it turns purple. So it's really, really Ooh. a cool thing. It's it's you know getting very. You know, a lot of different tea companies are doing different blends with it and stuff like that. But this one, I think, has a good flavor. If I, you know, if I do say so myself, and and fun to drink. So, now are they serving all these hot, or are they also being served cold? I, I believe that's a good question. I believe at the moment they're being served hot, but okay. you know, I, I do think that in the future, as the weather gets warmer, that may change. I know my, the Blue my, Lagoon is great cold. Actually, my, my wife loves flavored mm-hmm. teas. So I know she will be all over the peach. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that one, that one is good cold, too, as well. I've had that one cold. Yeah. Um, now, I know they, they've had to move the date again because of the virus and everything going on. But uh, the, the Java Owl 4 that's coming up, will you be able to be there to to talk about some of your products that day? Is, yeah, I actually is, was unaware of it until you until oh. I, you mentioned it to me ahead of time. So I, I need to check my schedule and we'll see what's going yeah. on at that date. You know? Yeah, because I think it would be really fun if you could be there sure. and, and you know, if John would give you just a second or two to talk about the products that you've got there. And, and I'm not a coffee drinker. So, you know, for me, a new coffee house opens up. It's like, oh, great. I wish them well. I wish they had something that would draw me in. Now that I know they've got multiple types of teas there, I am more apt to to say, hey, let's go over to Java Al and get a cup. And I have yeah. to say that they're they're doing a good job serving the tea because, you know, you go to some places, I won't mention any names, but where the tea is the afterthought behind yes. the coffee where, you know, they just throw some tea bags in a cup and then they sit there for half an hour until you pick up your order and the tea's all bitter and oversteeped. But right, uh, right. what they're doing at Java Owl is they bring it out. They have beautiful glass, like little glass, you know, single serve teapots, which looks visually looks really nice. Mm-hmm. And they bring it out with a timer, which is great too. And they tell you when this timer goes off, your tea is ready. 
which I think is how excellent. Nice. That's exactly yeah. how it should be done. Yeah, that's great. Because so now now the customer is learning a little bit too, and and you know that's one of those things that somebody on Facebook the other day said, "Oh my God, what are we going to do? The schools are shut down. My office is shut down. How am I going to entertain my children?" Well, the word "entertain" kind of frustrated <laughs> me a little bit, but I thought. Just because the school is shut down doesn't mean they can't be educated. That is true. They can learn about so many other things there while are, they're at home. I mean, num- number one, I- I'm part of that group that says we need to bring home ec back to the schools because I know my children grew up not knowing how to sew a button on until we showed them. They didn't learn it in school. I had to teach them how to cook, and my wife had to teach them how to bake, and and this is a great opportunity for the family to do some things together. And at the same time, the kids will accidentally learn some accidentally stuff. Accidentally on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, the opportunity to, to, to go out someplace. Because, again, Texas being its iced tea country and that's it. To go someplace where there are teas being made and they see the beautiful colors that are going to come out of this and know that it should be steeped for a certain amount of time and then get that opportunity to taste it and taste a little bit of the world. Yeah, I think that's fantastic that, 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 that that's there. And, you know, we've got, depending upon who you talk to, four to eight weeks that we're going to be in limbo with all this you know now we're we're not only talking about just school but we've got a major holiday easter that's just around the corner too and you know what i think of and easter passover. and passover and all that um didn't mean to exclude my jewish friends i'm sorry thank you because <laughs> <laughs> honestly i love preparing seder meal that that has always been one of the highlights for my family's Easter is to do a, a, a true Seder meal uh, for for the Passover. But when I think of Easter, I kind of think of Labor Day is the official beginning of fall in my mind, and Easter is the official beginning of spring in my mind. So the, we're we're already seeing temperatures starting to warm up a little bit. Does tea have seasonal blends? Summer, winter, fall. Etc. Absolutely. In fact, in, in some countries, they have very specific seasonal teas they drink at certain times of year. Like in Japan, for example, they have shincha, and that literally means new tea um, in English. And that's usually the very, very first uh, picking of the sencha harvest. Sencha is one of the most popular green teas in Japan. And uh, usually if you were to go to a Japanese restaurant here, that's what they would serve you. So um, it means new tea, and usually they pick that in April and May. Now in India, they have the Darjeeling, which is sometimes called the champagne of teas. It's mm-hmm. a very, very uh, well, well-loved well uh, tea that grows in in a certain part of India, and they have what they call flushes. So the first flush would be the very, very first growing, the very first picking of the brand new tea leaves. They call it the two leaves in a bud, which is the part that you pick, the earliest spring growth of spring growth of the plant. And they start that generally that goes February through April. So that's being picked right now. The early leaves, they're more delicate and tender. 
Um, the flavor is considered more light and floral and fresh, uh, maybe a little more astringent, and it costs more than the later later flushes or the later picking of the teas. So definitely, there's you know worldwide there are there are spring teas that are enjoyed, and I've noticed too. I've been in business seven years now. There's certain flavored teas or herbs. Uh, that were more in demand certain times a year. Like I think people are, you know, in the spring there, everyone's sensing that new growth, the flowers, yes. certain fruits like strawberry season, right? We've got the strawberry picking yes. here in Texas already. And I noticed like the strawberry teas tend to get popular. Um, mm-hmm. I have one that's called, uh, that I carry called Kyoto Cherry Rose. It's a Sencha style green tea. So it's a Japanese style green tea with a cherry flavor cherry it's supposed to be like remind you of cherry blossom season you know which is coming up in japan so it's got a cherry rose flavor very delicate very popular tea orange blossom flavored oolong is another one that is very a springtime tea because you know here in texas we've got our orange orange trees that are starting to blossom a little bit too right um, also, I noticed lavender and rose petals starting to get popular around this time of year, too. Right. And that they stay popular through the summer, pretty much. And then as it warms up, people like they like the hibiscus, too. Now, I want you to put your foodie hat on for a second. Okay, let me go get it. <laughs> we, we've talked about spring teas, but when I think of spring and summer, there are a lot of ingredients that come to mind, too, that are only available during those times of years. What are a few examples of the seasonal things on the food side that you really look forward to uh, seeing come back into the supply chain? Oh, great question. Well, I know it's it's crawfish season here in yes. here in Texas, something I learned to love when I moved here. <laughs> um, we call them crayfish up north, and yep. you know, we know people eat them, but they're not really readily available. At least they weren't when I was living up there. So I always enjoy like at least going out at least once you know, during the season to have crawfish, which I have not done yet. And uh, strawberry season, I, there's nothing better than fresh-picked strawberries. Oh, yes. I try to get over to Froberg's, oh, Froberg's. Once, a, once a year and, yes. and pick some. Peaches, I like to go down to Fruits and Such Orchard and Dickinson when they have their peaches ready. That probably won't be till the summer, but, oh, there's nothing like fresh peaches either. Oh, yes. I remember when I was a child, uh, I grew up in Fort Worth, and Weatherford was mm-hmm. one of those great peach-growing areas. So on a Sunday afternoon after church, a lot of the time we'd hop in the car and drive out to Weatherford and go to one of the farmer's markets and literally get peaches that were picked yesterday and just get a bucket of them and come home and cut them up and, you know, sprinkle a little sugar on them. And and they were just perfect, just like that. Or, you know, some of them would end up going into a, a little vat of homemade ice cream uh, you know, there were so many things that we did in the little peach melba, you know, so there, there was always such fun. I love peaches. Uh, that's, peach that, cobbler. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that, that's always a given. So I know for me personally, I tend to eat a little bit more seafood as we get into the warmer months. It's lighter than beef and pork, uh, so I don't feel as full uh, out there. And I ran across a new recipe the other day that I can't wait to try. But I wanted to wait to talk to you before I did it. Uh, it's a recipe that's going to be uh, for a good Alaskan salmon. And there's a smoking mixture that's going to be made up of one, uh, one cup of loose black tea. Half a cup, or I'm sorry, half a cup of loose black tea. A half a cup of rice, a little bit of uh, brown sugar, some pepper Szechuan peppercorns and a little bit of star anise now the, the reason I brought this up it's going to be to- topped with a, a little bit of a honey pineapple soy glaze and I know I'm saying all this stuff and my producer over here is 
starting to to lick his lips a little bit and go where's where's the sample <laughs> but when i think of the word and i see the words black tea i know that's a fermented tea uh before it's dried but there's so many products that fall under the quote-unquote black tea label what do you suggest for a recipe like this there are and there are actually a, a lot of different types of black tea but to you know the first thing I'm going to say is that the term fermented is, is a little confusing for Americans because in China, they do refer to it as fermented tea. Here, we use the word oxidized a little more because okay. there's not like a fermentation process with yeast or, or bacteria like you would normally think of here. It's more like the leaves are allowed to dry until they turn brown, you know, like when it right. falls off a tree and the oxygen hits it. Now, there is um, a, there is a type of... Uh, Chinese tea called pu'er, which is a post, they call it post-fermented, but it's more like what we would call fermented, where it has bacteria in that tea that, that changes the tea and ages and everything. So um, you're right, it is fermented, but I just wanted to clarify that for people who, who you know, maybe have a different idea of what fermentation is. So as far as black tea, so there's, um, you have your, with your Camellia sinensis, which is the botanical name for the, the tea plant. You have two main varieties, which is the Camellia sinensis sinensis. That would be the traditional Chinese black tea. And then the other one is Camellia sinensis assamica. And that would be an Assam tea or like a tea that is native to to India, Myanmar, Burma, the Assam region. And that is a much stronger, bolder black tea. Like the the Chinese black teas, like you can, you know, they're, they're... I don't want to quite use the word delicate, but they're a little lighter. You know, you can kind of enjoy them plain mm-hmm. or with a little bit of sugar, a little bit of honey. Um, the the Assam teas, like they're a much bolder, stronger flavor that they're kind of made sort of processed to stand up to milk and sugar. So it's a stronger, stronger flavor. I guess it depends what you're, you know, with your recipe here. It seems like you have some very strong flavors in it, like that you've got the peppercorns, the, you know, the, some of these stronger flavors, the anise and stuff like that, and a little bit of a sweetness. So I'm wondering, I guess you could, you know, it depends which way you want to go. Do you want to go with like the lighter Chinese black, the strong Assam tea to stand up to these other flavors? Um, another idea, if this is a smoking mix, there's a Chinese tea called a Lapsang Suchong. I don't okay. know if you've ever had it, but it's I got have... a very, very strong smoky flavor, like, Ooh. cause it's smoked with pine needles. Yeah. Okay. People either love it or hate it. Okay. When I, as, when I tried it as a teenager, I thought it was disgusting, like medicine, and now I love it as an adult because our taste buds change. So that may be yes. something to think about. You know, you might want to take get yourself a little sample of that and see if it's something I, you might I've like. I've smoked tea before. I've smoked mm-hmm. green tea before as I've done salmon, and it was mm. wonderful. It left this light flavor on there. But as you, as you pointed out, you know, there's some pretty bold flavors in this with the soy and the honey and the pineapple and the the peppercorns and the anise. So I, I wanted to make sure I had a tea that could stand up to those flavors and just not get dwarfed. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm thinking maybe even a honey oolong or something like that would be good. Awesome. Yeah. So, so I need to put an order in for... <laughs> All right, we'll see what we can do here. See call, what we can do call, for you. Call, call me when, when you've got, a, got something in stock that, okay. we, that we can make this. Maybe, maybe we can do it together. Sounds good. And, and play with it. So um, now, there, in, in my mind... I, I know there's health benefits to black tea. I know there's health benefits to green tea. What separates the two? And do I need a mixture of both in my diet to truly get the best results of, of what health benefits are in a tea leaf? 
It's an, an interesting question. So the, the, the tea, the green tea, the black tea, they all come from that same plant, that Camellia sinensis plant. The difference is how they're processed generally. Um, there are antioxidants in um, every type of tea from that, that tea plant, whether it's green or black or white or oolong. Um, the type of antioxidants um, is different, though. Now, the ones that are... Um, the ones that are in green tea are probably the ones that have been studied the most, and this is why you often hear people, you know, mistakenly think that green tea is the healthiest type of tea. Well, I, honestly, they're all they all have their own, you know, qualities right. that have been studied. So that the uh, in the antioxidant that's found in green tea, um, EGCG, so it, it's, it stands for epigallocatechin three gallate, long word. We just call it EGCG because it's easier, and that's. Uh, now the antioxidants that are in tea, they um, will help clean, uh, clean, clear your body of toxins. Um, they will fight free radicals um, in your bloodstream, which are the things that can cause illness right, and right. damage your cells and things like that. Um, they can attack your healthy cells. So it's really important to, that tea kind of helps get those out of your system, which is great. Um, there have been a lot of studies done recently on EGCG and cancer and some other things like that. Um, now, as far as black tea, um, it's it's being studied too, believe it or not. Um, so there there is there are some health benefits to black tea. Now, um, the antioxidants that are in black tea, um, catechins, theoflavins, thea, um, what's this other word? Theorubigens, theorubigens. Say that ten times fast. Um, there have been um, some studies. There was a study done on, in 2017 on rats, where they studied the theoflavins in the black tea, and they found that it it uh, could reduce cholesterol and blood sugar levels. Um, the flavonoids that are in the black tea, um, there was a study done in 2012 um, to find that they benefit heart health. They can reduce the risk of heart disease, high blood pressure, cholesterol, triglycerides. Um, there was a specific study that was done um, where they uh, had people drink black tea for 12 weeks and their triglycerides went down by 36%. Blood wow. sugar levels went down by 18%. So and so that that's that's pretty impressive. You know, it's impressive. not a huge amount, but yeah. it's still good because it's something you could do every day easily without having to you know really change your lifestyle too much. Um, in 2007, they did a study where they had people drink three cups of black tea per day, and they re they reduced their risk of de developing heart disease by 11. percent You know, fantastic. not huge, but still pretty good, right? Um, LDL cholesterol. Um, there was a study done in 2003 where if you drink five serve, they had the people drinking five servings of black tea a day. Their LDL cholesterol went down by 11 percent um i could go on because there are yeah. like a lot of different every, studies every, here, every so. little bit helps yeah, absolutely yeah and if you do a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit more somewhere else at the end you've seen a major change absolutely and don't feel guilty you know some people say well i don't like green tea i just like black well that's okay drink your black tea you right. know, or find right. a green tea you like or either way you know depending what your personal you know I guess health goals are you can adjust and do your research on different types of tea and find out what's recommended. And also I think anytime you get, well, we'll get to that later. Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here in South Texas, it is warm most of the year. I mean, there, there's two or three weeks that we probably don't wear sandals and the rest of the year we can get away with sandals and shorts and, and short sleeve shirts. So, you know, for that very reason, South Texas here, we tend to like our tea poured over ice. Do we lose benefits uh, in the tea when we drink it cold as opposed to drinking it warm or That's hot? That's actually a great question. I have not 
heard of any specific studies focusing on that. Um, I do not think that there's any harm in drinking cold tea. I don't think it kills the antioxidants or anything like that. I'm sure you get the same benefit. I think the more the, the more issues is, you know, first of all, if you're putting a pile of sugar in it, you know, that right. might not be so great for you. Um, if the tea is fresh, if you're having fresh brewed iced tea at home or from a restaurant or something like that, you're getting your antioxidant benefits from it. Now, um, if you're if your iced tea has been sitting around for more than three days, those antioxidants start to fade out of it and um, it won't be as, as you know, beneficial for you. Um, this is one reason why a lot of these commercial ready to drink teas, you know, in the glass bottles on the shelves, like you don't know how long it's been sitting there in the exactly, supermarket. Exactly. Um, and also those glass bottles, like the UV rays from, from the sun are, they will, you know, destroy the health benefits in the tea, the antioxidant, you know, value in the tea. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, it's better if you're going to buy a bottled tea, like maybe get one that's that, that that the sun can't get through, like a dark color or maybe even a can. But then again, you know, if it was bottled like a month ago, exactly. you're not really getting much benefit from that. But it, it's so easy to steep a couple of bags of tea in a pitcher in the morning and and have it fresh all day long and at the end of the end of the day just pour out what you didn't drink exactly i I, even have these they're like big tea bags that can make up to a gallon of tea and i have some others that are quart bags and i just you know if i'm ever in the mood i can just throw them in a big pitcher and put them in the fridge and they're ready to go you can even cold brew them overnight mm -hmm, or if mm -hmm. i have leftover tea if i make a pot of tea and then i want to reuse those tea leaves for a second steeping i'll make the second steeping and just put that tea in the fridge and i'll drink it the next day as an iced tea there you go there you go now you know, one of the things that as being a chef and I look at what's always going on in our industry right now, we're seeing a bunch of restaurants opening up that are building menus around beer or we're building menus around very high end cocktails. Yet when we go to the quote unquote tea room, we're still getting these little bitty cucumber sandwiches in a lot of cases and pastries. I know that can't be the only thing that's being served in those tea rooms, but I'm not seeing tea given the respect of, say, beer or high-end spirits. Why do you think that is? Yeah, you and me both, and this is something we talk a lot about in the tea industry, and it's endlessly frustrating both to those of us in the business and then people who are serious tea drinkers, too. It just drives, you know, it's like tea just still has not, restaurants as a whole and bars, they have still not really, you know, they don't really get the whole tea thing. I guess they don't see how it can benefit them. So the interestingly enough, the tea room tradition, and this was kind of a shock to me moving here because we didn't have a whole lot of tea rooms up north where I lived. But, mm-hmm. you know, coming here and then going to like a tea room with my mother-in-law and then there's these cute little sandwiches and everything and the cute little desserts. And then you order tea and there's like maybe a peach iced tea, which is great. But then like you want, you order a hot tea and they come out with like some little tea bags. You know, I'm thinking like, where's the focus on the tea? So interestingly enough, that tea room tradition came from, you know, back 100, 200 years ago where like any self-respecting woman from a good family was not allowed to go to a restaurant by themselves. Like if you went to a restaurant, you had to be accompanied by a man. And then the other places that food was being served were bars. And if you were a woman, you didn't go to a bar alone. That was really looked down on. So the tea room tradition actually came from women needing a place that they could go by themselves. Like if they went to like a department store, there would be a little tea room that they would lunch at. You know, so they they became like gathering places for women. That's cool. And uh, yeah, so I mean, there may may have been better tea served back then, you know. And they just kept the sandwich tradition alive and not the tea tradition. But that's, that's pretty much the history of these tea rooms. And they did serve a purpose. And I do have to say that there's some here 
here in the Houston area that really do take tea seriously and others that do not. I'm not going to name any names, but I've noticed that just from going to the different ones. Um, as far as the restaurants and stuff like that, you know, there are con- some countries in Asia, for example, where tea, you know, would have a, like China, for example, where tea might have a more prominent role in fine dining. Mm-hmm. If you go to a Chinese restaurant here, usually there'll be some decent tea in a teapot, you know, like maybe even some full leaf tea. Japanese restaurants too, you might have some, you know, matcha or sencha or something like that. The U.S. isn't quite there yet. I've heard that there are some nicer fine dining restaurants in some of the big cities that have a tea menu that maybe a sommelier prepared as a pairing. We don't even have anything like that here in Houston that I know of. Um, generally you're lucky if you go out to eat and then you want a cup of tea with your dessert and they come out with that like wooden box with like you know some nicer tea bags from a a better company than like you know a supermarket brand but still you know and I think this is one reason too is that a tea drinker is you know a real snobby tea drinker, if they if they want a tea, they're going to drink a, a bad tea because <laughs> they want that tea and they're going to grumble a little bit and they're going to take that tea and drink it. And no one in the restaurant's going to make a change because that person grumbled and then they took the tea, you know they took right. the tea. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like unless there's like a huge movement, I, I don't I don't even know how to do that. If we need to do like a consumer grassroots movement, or if we have to have people in the tea business go to restaurants and physically, you know, make the manager sit down with us and and you know experience tea or what. You know, and then this tea cocktail movement. I keep hearing about this tea cocktail movement where they're making cocktails out of tea. I hear about it. I don't really see it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be the next big thing for the past seven years. It's still not the big thing, at least not here. So. Well, I know back right after the holidays, my wife and I decided we had earned ourselves a vacation and we hopped on a cruise ship and took off. And while we were on the cruise ship one night, we did the chef's table where we had an amazing seven course meal with wine pairings. And I'm going again, we're making meals based around wine. Mm-hmm. We're making meals based around high end spirits, bourbons, etc., beers. Why aren't we doing this with one of the oldest beverages in the history of the world? It exactly. just seems like we've, we've missed an opportunity when here. These, when these tea and food pairings are being done, they're usually generated by somebody in the tea business rather than a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like somebody would go to a restaurant and say, hey, I have all these teas I'd like to pair with some food, not the other way around, you know? It's, it is very frustrating. Now, a question I've been remiss to ask to this point. For those listening, how can we find you online? Oh, sure. So I have, my website is theteamistress.com. So that's T-H-E-T-E-A-M-I-S-T-R-E-S-S.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook as The Tea Mistress. Um, I'm on Instagram at Tea Mistress Amanda because The Tea Mistress is already taken. And mm-hmm. at, on Twitter, I'm also the tea, at The Tea Mistress. You can also find me on Pinterest. And I do have an email list you can sign up for. If you go to my website, you can click on Contact Us and sign up on the email list. So that's a lot of different ways you can get a hold of me. Cool. Now, I know you've got a Tea of the Month uh, club. Uh, how do we sign up for that and how fast is the turnaround? On oh, that? sure. Great question. So that if you go to my website, the teamistress.com, and if you click on online store, there should be a link for the tea of the month club right there. And there's a form you can fill out. You can sign up for three months, six months, uh, 12 months. You can choose, you can select a loose leaf tea or, or a tea bag add on. Um, I, I have been doing pickup, uh, offering a pickup option for local people. I think right now I'm going to switch everybody over to mail order just to keep things easier. Yeah. And uh, so you can select all that. And then uh, once once you fill out that form, I send you a PayPal invoice. 
and I send you a link to a selection form where you pick out your teas for the next three months. And oh. if you're curious before you sign up, there is a link on that on that same link on the website. I have the teas listed for the next three months. So you can get an idea. You can see I'll pick like certain seasonal ones. I always try to offer at least three uh, caffeine-free herbals that you can choose from for people mm-hmm. who are avoiding caffeine. Generally, there's anywhere from like seven to nine different teas you can pick for that month pick your three out of those seven or nine i want people to have a little flexibility instead of just having some random tea sent to them they might not like so in the summer i do more of the iced teas i'll include those iced tea bags right too and right now and you take basically all forms of payment I do, I, you know, cash in person. I do, I do, I do have a little square reader on my phone where I can run credit cards. Okay. I can take them over the phone. Um, I can send people a PayPal invoice, and even if they do not have PayPal, they can pay with a regular credit card. That PayPal invoice. I also got my cash app up up and running again. I take Venmo. So a lot of different ways you can pay me. Okay. <laughs> Lots of options. I know a lot of the millennials really like the cash app and Venmo. Yeah. Right. Now I know as a chef. I get asked for some pretty unique things from time to time. What's the most unique tea someone has ever asked you for? Oh my gosh, I do. You know, this is an interesting question because I get I get all kinds of requests for things I have never even heard of. You know, like I had somebody one time they asked for Japanese pine needle tea, and um, I had never heard of that. I went to World Tea Expo, which is the biggest trade show in the USA, and I asked every Japanese tea vendor there, and they were all kind of like, ah. Like, you know, they'd heard of it. Nobody had it. And I thought, boy, this was a really obscure ones. Um, I had, um, or often what I think, you know, they might try a brand of tea that they got somewhere. They were traveling. They, they got tea from some small tea company and, or, or like even a large tea company. And it had this name and they don't remember what was in it. But can I, do I have that exact same tea? Well, no, I don't have somebody's proprietary blend. You know, I can't, can't really, right. you know, I might right. have some of those ingredients in some of mine, but not, you know, exactly what you got at that other place. But um, it, it is exciting when somebody is looking for something that maybe they have never been able to find before, and I have it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I've been looking everywhere for this, and, and you have it, you know? Now, if someone were to only take one thing away from our topic today, what do you want that one thing to be? Drink more tea and buy it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Now, one of the things is, as we've been doing this show, I've loved to, to have a little cooking tips and tricks uh question for everybody do you have something helpful and it doesn't matter if it if you want to pull from your tea hat or if you want to pull from your foodie hat uh that you could share with your listeners to to make a dish better sure i would say two really really easy things you can do because i'm kind of lazy to be honest i like shortcuts you know if you are making rice and you want to give your rice a little bit of an extra flavor another Mm -hmm. thing you can do with your leftover tea after you've made a big pot of tea is you can use that tea as the water in the rice so like you you know if you have a jasmine rice and you want to give it more of a jasmine flavor why not make jasmine tea there you go you know and use that jasmine tea as the water for your rice or some other flavor you have like a coconut flavored tea and you want to little add that to the rice or something that's that's a nice way to do something that's a little a different with your idea. rice right yeah um another really easy thing to do is if you're if you want to get more of those antioxidant properties of the tea in your diet but you don't want to sit there and drink tea all day buy some matcha matcha is a powdered Japanese green tea they have ground up very high quality tea leaves you know and they they make it into a powder and this is almost like a tea concentrate it's the Mm -hmm. equivalent of maybe like five cups of tea if you have like one you know one cup of matcha if you do not like the taste of matcha take a scoop of that matcha and throw it in something you're baking throw it in a smoothie 
you know, throw it in the next recipe for having a banana bread. It's going to turn green, you know, but oh, well, at least you're getting a little bit of matcha in there right. with your, with your right. cookies or whatever your guilty pleasure is, your pancakes or something <laughs> like that. So your, your latte. There you go. Now, you know, one, one of the things that I notice you post on a very regular basis, and, and I do too because I just think they're fun, are every day of the year has some sort of a, a food holiday uh, attached to it. Today, for example, is artichoke day. Do you have a favorite artichoke dish? You know, when I was growing up, my mother was French, and she just steamed them in a, you know, she just steamed them in mm-hmm. a pot. And then she would make a vinaigrette, and we uh-huh. would just take the leaves off and dip the leaves in the vinaigrette. You know, you can you can eat that bottom part of yeah. the leaf that yeah. has the little bit of the artichoke cart. Then you get down to the bottom and you scrape that. We called it the hay in French. I don't know what that's called in English, but that stringy <laughs> part. And then you eat the artichoke heart just dipped in the. Vin- I didn't find out people ate them t- with butter until I was an adult because uh-huh. we always did vinaigrette at my house. But see, I love I love to use them, especially in Italian dishes with pasta. Yeah, I've got two or three really wonderful pasta dishes with artichokes and artichoke hearts built into them. So tomorrow, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Very special day in my life. I think it's wonderful that they named a whole holiday after me. <laughs> so we're going to celebrate corned beef and cabbage day. Do you have a, a recipe or a, a go-to place for that? Um, again, I'm pretty lazy. I'll go to Kroger, H-E-B or whatever the supermarket <laughs> is, and I buy that corned beef brisket that's yes. in the package with yes. the spices, and I stick that in the crock pot. I cut up some cabbage. I throw carrot, cabbage, carrots, and potatoes in there. That works. And I'll eat off of that for a week. That works. You know, it, it's, that, that's a peasant dish to begin with, so mm-hmm. it, it wasn't meant to be a whole lot of work. It was a, it was a dish meant to be something that you could throw in a crock pot because you had to go do all the other stuff that happens throughout the day and you could leave it there and let it cook for a long period of time and get nice and tender from that long slow cook there so it's interesting i've actually heard that it came from the jewish deli tradition here in the usa and it's not even traditionally irish so (laughs) just learned that recently yeah yeah um so you know yeah that's a fun one uh now because we've been talking tea and that's that's a beef dish are the is there a tea that goes especially well with beef um you know that's a good question i you know i can't think of anything specifically that would go with beef but i would say maybe a nice cold you know a nice cold iced tea would be would be good with any sort of meat dish uh wednesday we've got national oatmeal cookie day a favorite in my house um oatmeal recipe cookie recipe go, go. I just I use the one on the box the Quaker Oats <laughs> box so I love oatmeal raisin my husband cannot stand raisins in cookies so for my, him I'll my, make my oatmeal wife, chocolate my chip. wife either so. isn't that funny yeah I can't do bread pudding with raisins in it because when they cook they swell up and and the texture changes isn't that interesting and, and she doesn't like that texture of when she bites into it she, it squishes and you know there's that little pop and and it 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 freaks her out so that's interesting you know, that we, we both have spouses with that same issue <laughs> so you know when when i do bread pudding now i do bread pudding uh with dates mm. instead of raisins and it's wonderful oh, and they're sweeter too oh yeah so i'll use dates and and almonds in in my bread pudding and then you know depending upon who i'm serving it to as to whether we do a, a whiskey sauce a bourbon sauce a amaretta sauce or if we just do a praline sauce uh, to go with it you know if, if it's going to be a mixed age group we'll probably do the praline sauce so so that nobody's getting anything that they shouldn't <laughs> be getting there uh, now 
the nineteenth is national. We get we get to play multiple things on the nineteenth: National Poultry Day, Chocolate Caramel Day. What's your favorite chicken dish? Well, that's a good question. What is my favorite chicken dish? Um, I'll and, have to think about that. And and I know my wife makes the best chicken enchiladas. Oh, really? And and we we've learned to substitute turkey in for the chicken. So it's part of our holiday tradition, especially at Thanksgiving, that after three or four days of, of turkey this way, that way, and some other way, both of us are jonesing for a little Tex-Mex. It's time for a little Tex-Mex. So the, we'll always make sure we save just enough that we can do turkey enchiladas, usually on Sunday after Thanksgiving. It's a great idea. <laughs> My husband loves enchiladas. So there you go. I'll make sure you've got the recipe on that. Um, you know, and I love just a, a simple, basic grilled chicken always yeah. makes me happy because it's so versatile that you can do something with. And a lot of the time, I'll take a piece of grilled chicken and mix it with a pasta salad or something like that so I can you know, get a little of the best of, of all things there. I just love those. I like those rotisserie chickens they have in the supermarket because yes. I love crispy skin. Yes. That's my favorite thing. Yes. And you know, again, that's something that's so versatile. And depending upon what kind of a dish you're thinking about doing, if you are going to use it in something as opposed to just the, the focal point of the meal, they've got so many different seasonings that they're putting on them now, an Italian seasoning, a barbecue seasoning, lemon pepper, a, a lemon yeah. pepper seasoning. So, yeah, you can really customize those and save so much time uh, yourself not having to mess with that, that bird. Uh, National Bach Beer Day and Ravioli Day are wow. coming up. That's a good pairing right there. I, I could be happy with a good dark beer and some ravioli. Uh, the 21st, which is going to be Saturday, is California Strawberry Day, French Bread Day, and Healthy Fats Day. It's so, like a trifecta. <laughs> yeah. We, we can go out to Frobergs and pick strawberries. Yes. And then we can put them in our bread pudding. That's right. We can put some, <laughs> smear some healthy fats all over that French bread. There, there we like go. Like French butter would be good. Okay. And because of your French background, a little bit of National Coco Va Day on Sunday. Uh, and I love Coco and, Vin. And, so good. And National Water Day. So all right. drink water, guys. Uh, Make your tea with water. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, stuff going on around town, you know, with, with the virus and whatnot, I know you're being forced to cut back some of your vendor events. What is still on the books yeah, right now? Good question, because I've had a lot of things canceled. I was In two weeks, I was supposed to do the uh, Luling Lavender and Blue Bonnet Festival, which I was looking forward to. That got canceled. Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, I yeah. really do, because it's, it's a safety Well, we need issue. to err on the side of caution We here. do. Um, I, as far as I know, we are still doing the Nassau Bay Farmer's Market every Saturday with the new precautions that, that, are, that are kicking in. Okay. And... Uh, um, coming up i don't want to look too far ahead in case some of the things i have scheduled for i was supposed to have three events coming up in april i don't know what's going to happen with them so i'm not going to mention those right now but in july july 11th i'm coming back to the honey expo in angleton oh did that, that last year and it was great a lot that's of fun. where that's you where and i we first met, met. we yeah. did we met that was there. a great it really great. was 
And then I have two anime conventions coming up. Japanese anime is a big thing, especially with the millennial generation mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of tea lovers because it's you know all about Japanese comics and cartoons and things like that. And tea culture is very, very much a focus. So I, I always do well at those. It's a, and it's fun to see everybody in the costumes. You know, they do the cosplay where they dress up like their favorite characters and it's, so, it's a lot of fun. So I'm doing Delta H Con in July, which is in West Houston. Okay. And then uh, OniCon in October. Actually, it's Halloween weekend and that's at the, the oh, convention that, center in that Galveston. One will be fun. It's a lot of fun. I've done that one two years in a row now. So, well, I, there's a couple of things that that are coming up in April that popped in as I was looking at stuff. April 21st is Java Owl Four or Morning Owl Four. Um, that's as of now the new date for that, and of course that's going to all be subject to to what's going on in the world. Uh, but April 21st is also National Tea Day in the UK. How will you be celebrating? That's right. Well, National Tea Day in the U.S. is uh, J- January 14th, and then our National Ice Tea Day is uh, July 10th, I believe, or 12th. Right. Uh, no, June, I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, I, for- I forgot that was coming up in England, so I guess I'll celebrate the way I do every day is I'll, I'll have a cup of tea. And maybe I'll make some scones. We'll see what happens. One, one of my favorite pictures of you is you are prepared for high tea. Oh, yes. I, lo- tea. I absolutely love that picture of you. It, it is what I think of that for someone whose business is tea and goes by the moniker of the tea mistress that you are dressed for high tea. I just love that picture of you. Uh, April 30th is National Bubble Tea Day here in the U.S. Now that one's relatively new. It only started in 2018. I have no idea what bubble tea is. Well, I'm excited that we have a national bubble tea day. So um, my understanding is that it originated in Hong Kong, I believe, in the 1980s or 1990s. So it's basically it's like a cold tea, sometimes with milk, sometimes without, sometimes sweet. And uh, they use these tapioca balls that they call boba. And it's not like the tapioca you and I grew up with. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's also plant-based similar plant but they're bigger they're maybe about the size of a like a bb or something like that and uh they are in the tea and they're chewy a little sweet so it's kind of a Mm. fun thing you get a big wide straw so when you're sipping your milk tea or whatever it is and you're getting these little bubbles in your mouth and they have different flavored ones too they have like little jellies that are kind of like chewy and they have popping boba that are kind of like pop rocks that pop in your mouth and uh, sometimes it's called boba tea, bubble tea, tapioca tea, all of those words are used. And it, it kind of spread all throughout Asia. And then it, it kind of hit the USA like in the early 2000s it hit here. And it didn't really take off outside of maybe some of the Chinatowns. Okay. And then it just made a resurgence maybe like, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. And now it's big. A lot of the young people really are into it. And we have a lot of places here in the Clear Lake area that serve it. You can go to the Asian groceries and buy the dried oh, um, tapioca okay. for the boba and make it yourself at home. Very, very cool. Now, one of the things coming up locally here, hopefully, again, by May, this will still be on be okay uh, to go out. League City Music Fest and Barbecue Cook-Off. Uh, for those of you who might want to participate, uh, it's going to be IBCA rules uh, for those of you who want to cook. But my question is, being the good Texas boy that I am, um, can can tea go with barbecue? Oh, absolutely! It already does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I I know just regular iced tea right? does, regular but iced tea. you know, I was wondering if there was something I should be looking for. Take my little bag with me and, and pre-brew so that I've got a, a good cup uh, to go with everything. 
you can you can certainly experiment with different you know different teas and see what tastes good with it. I would just say let's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? Yeah, there, you, there you go. <laughs> I'll leave that to the native Texans who we're, are drinking their tea with their barbecue. You're, you're catching on to this lingo down here. <laughs> we're we're going to Texanize you before this is all over. Uh, <laughs> Fixing too. <laughs> Fixing there. There you go. And next thing we need to do is take you cow tipping. How much do you normally tip? Is it twenty percent or fifteen percent or uh, for a cow? For no, a cow. no, baby, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got some education. <laughs> my, my little Mensa friend here. <laughs> what if they give really good service? So um, tell me again real quick, how can we get in touch with you? Sure. TheTeaMistress.com is my website. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Amanda, it is always such fun having you around the table here. Thanks again for for coming by and sharing all your information with us. This is part two. I feel a part three that still needs to be (laughs) be done somewhere. (laughs) Um, And guys, for those of you who listen in, thanks so much for tuning in today uh, and joining me around the table. For all my Norwegian family over there, I hope you're safe. I hope you're taking good care of yourself. Here's a great big Hilsenthron, Texas. Uh, for you guys and for all my lone survivor friends and family. Uh, I know this bug is going to delay getting some of you down here for retreats, but please know Mama Chef and Papa Chef will always have your six. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you again. If you want to continue the conversation on tea or any other topic, uh, don't hesitate to jump on the Pots, Pans, and Pat Facebook page and Thank you again for listening today. Remember, when we're talking food here, there is nothing off the table. Bye-bye, y'all.